eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So when you look at these free agents... Oh, and there's one I left out, and this is the one I'm very interested in because I think he does fit the, what I'm talking about of the reward and the risk. It's a one-year deal. It's a prove-it deal, and that's Luis Severino. Luis Severino is obviously coming off of a, a year that I'm stunned he had. Like, I really thought in a contract year we were going to see a lot better than Luis Severino, and instead he pitched to a 6.65 ERA and 18 starts the highest ERA of his entire major league career. But, but he showed something late in late August. He had back-to-back starts where he threw 13 and two-thirds scoreless innings, and then we barely saw him in September. So there was a little bit of promise after all the horrific starts that he had when he was giving up nine runs and seven runs, and he was literally unstartable. He was so bad. But Luis Severino will turn 30 right before spring training. That's the one-year deal that excites me the most. That's The way I'd phrase it is that's the Cody Bellinger move of pitchers in 2024. One-year deal. He hasn't been healthy or good in a while. And maybe you get jackpot. I like that as the low-risk, high-reward free agent signing. I know you love Severino. I just feel like he's. You're right. It's a it's a it's a low, low risk. I mean, you're not you're not going to make this huge uh, splash for him. But I feel like there's other guys. Like the, you dismissed Lorenzen. The reason why you bring in Lorenzen is because he's gonna pitch, and even though he may not be effective as a starter, you, you're gonna get spot starts out of him. But then you can push him to the bullpen. Like but that's part of a problem is that we don't have reliable reliable bullpen people. Now I'm, I'm not saying to go let's get a starter pitcher to have the intention of putting him into the bullpen, but it's not a bad option to have. And here's another name that you might want to think of. Another guy like that we've had in the past, maybe bring back Seth Lugo. Is that someone that we would bring back to do the same thing? Yeah, Seth Lugo's definitely an option. Seth Lugo's available in free agency. He had a decent year last year for San Diego. Missed a little bit of time. I, I would view him, though, as a guy I'm going to move back to the bullpen. Seth Lugo would be in, like, a horrible nightmare if he comes back to the Mets as a starter and then, like, six weeks into the season, he's back in the bullpen. Um, 
I don't think the Mets need swing guys, though. So the the idea of Lorenzen being pushed to the bullpen like he has in the past doesn't do anything for me because I think they have guys like that. Another guy who could fit the high-reward, low-risk category, if you don't like Severino, is Jack Flaherty. Jack Flaherty, back in 2019, looked like an emerging star as a 23-year-old, finished in the top five in Cy Young voting. And since then, he just hasn't been the same guy. He's had a very difficult time staying healthy. He did stay relatively healthy this past season, making 29 starts, but he wasn't good. He wasn't good with the Orioles. He was very mediocre with St. Louis, but he's still young. And we talk about all these ages of free agents. They're basically all in their 30s, almost every single one of them, outside of Yamamoto. Jack Flaherty's 28 years old. So I would put him in that category of high reward, I assume low risk, because I don't think he's going to get some kind of mega contract coming off the year he's coming off of. But I like having that as a possibility. I like having a guy in my rotation that I look at and say, this guy could be great. This guy could be an ace. Like Jack Flaherty and Luis Severino have pitched like aces in their career, and they're not going to get paid like one, nor are they going to get years like one this upcoming season. And I find that appealing. Any other free agents that I may have missed that intrigue you, Pete? I don't know if they intrigue me, but like Frankie Montas, would you – what would you think about that guy? <laughs> I mean, I you know, in a weird way, Frankie Montas probably fits what I just described. Guy coming off an injury, guy trying to prove himself. Um, doesn't do it for me. <laughs> it doesn't do it for me. When you, you know, look at the tr- – yeah, go ahead. One of the guys, interesting, he's not been – he hasn't been great, but uh, Tyler Mall, I know he, I think he was injured most of last season, but he came – when he was with Cincinnati, he did find that he had a good year there. Is that somebody that you can have a low risk, low reward? And he's not, he's not very expensive either. I think, and he's young. I think he's like 29 as well. Yeah, he's young. He's, I think he's only had one full year in his major league career. He's just barely pitched, but it definitely fits it. You know, of a guy that you never know could give you production. When you look at the trade market and, and trade markets are tough to figure because we're trying to figure out, is this guy available? And then if we, assume he is available, then you try to put together a fair trade. And I think I disagree with some Met fans about this because I brought this up on the air with Tiki when the story came out about the Padres and the loan that they took out. And naturally, we all jumped to Juan Soto. And I said on the air, look, as a Met fan, I'm not that interested in trading for him. And it's not because I don't like Juan Soto. It's not because I don't think he's a brilliant offensive player. It's because I don't think where we are as a franchise, the Mets are in position to just start trading big prospects. Doesn't mean they can't. Like, yes, the Mets have a good system. If the Mets wanted to be in play for Juan Soto, they can be in play for Juan Soto. So I'm not ripping the farm system. I'm saying, considering what they just did, I don't know if I love the idea of immediately taking prospects and dealing that for Juan Soto. Does it make sense to trade a far less package for starting pitching? Sure. But even that, I'm not as I'm not drawn in by. I'm drawn in by the fact that you've got an owner with money, buy players, keep developing your prospects. Now, I get that sometimes you build a farm system with the hope of using those pieces to trade for players. Yeah, maybe at the trade deadline if this team is good. Maybe next season when people emerge. I don't love doing it now. 
So I don't think the Mets are going to be that in on the offseason trade market. But I think it's more likely and makes more sense that if you're going to trade for anybody, it's going to be for starting pitching and not for offensive players. So don't take this as a knock on Soto. It's not. It's more a compliment to the fact that you can buy players. Well, can I? So wouldn't with, you rather do that? Can, can I add on to that real quick? Because I had this conversation uh, this morning or whatever we're, I, on my show. I, people were begging about Soto. Oh, you have to get Soto. I'm like, it, it, the Padres are really strapped for cash right now. Are the Padres trading Juan Soto, who they're going to only have him for one year, or are they going to try to offload some of these other guys that they have for longer deal, longer-term deals? It, it depends. You know, I, I, we don't know how far the Padres want to cut. Like, are they going to cut their payroll to $90 million? Are they going to cut it to a buck 50? Are they good at 200? I, I, I don't know. But I think that Soto makes the most sense only because he's going to have a big number this season in his final year of arbitration. So he's going to make a lot of money this season. And then the idea that they can sign him along with all the other long-term contracts they have, just doesn't feel likely. It also doesn't feel likely that, because one answer to me on this would be, okay, Evan, you don't have to give up prospects. Doesn't it make sense that the Padres would take back Pete Alonso if the Mets have decided they don't want to pay him the money that Scott Boris is looking for? Here's why that doesn't make sense. And it's not even me saying, no, you can't do it. Why would the Padres do that? Because if your answer is, well, they get they get a right-handed power-hitting first baseman, makes sense. They're trying to cut payroll. Pete's going to make a lot of money. And then are they signing Pete Alonzo? Probably not. So if you're going to trade Soto for another guy that makes a lot of money that you're not going to sign, why would you take the lesser player? And no offense to Pete, I love Pete. He's not the offensive player Juan Soto is. He's not. I wouldn't argue that. So I don't even think that that trade makes any sense either. I think that's a fairy tale. I think it would be big-time prospects. It would be unloading your farm system. I don't believe the Mets are in any position to do it. I'm not interested in doing it. Sign Juan Soto as a free agent next year. I'm all for that. So when you look at some of the starting pitchers that I wrote down on my trade target list, some of which are going to be very expensive. The obvious one is Corbin Burns. He's a free agent after 2024. I also don't think the Brewers are really in a rush to make a deal with David Stearns and the Mets. And that that's like a conspiracy theory, I guess, but it's an educated conspiracy theory. I just, I don't think it makes a lot of sense that they would do that. Tyler Glasnow is another guy. He's a free agent after 2024. So logic would dictate that the Tampa Bay Rays, who are very much known for getting rid of guys just before they have to, would sell now on Glass now, who pitched pretty well coming back off the major injury. But my concern with Glass now, twofold. Number one, if I trade for him, do I want to keep him long-term? Am I going to be comfortable giving him a long-term contract? And I hesitate because he has not shown an ability to stay healthy. He has never pitched a full season. It's never happened. So even though he's tantalizingly good, and gets so many swing and misses, and has nasty-ass stuff. I just don't know if at age 30, all of a sudden, Tyler Glass now is going to stay healthy. So he definitely fits the high-reward category, but you're going to trade valuable pieces for a guy who you may not even want to re-sign 
at the end of the season. Another guy that could be available via trade and I think will be expensive is Dylan Cease, who's beautiful because you have team control over him for the next bunch of seasons. Dylan Cease is the opposite of Tyler Glass now. He's Mr. Reliable. 32 starts in 21, 32 starts in 22, 33 starts this past season. He almost won the Cy Young in 2022, and he had a kind of fall-off eclipse season this past year. But I'd still bet high on him. He's still young. He's only 28 years old or will be 28 years old at the start of the year and fits that reliable category. But again, what are you giving up? That's why. Here are the guys I'd be more interested in because they're not going to cost me a lot. Paul Blackburn of the Oakland A's. Like, what's he really costing me? Arbitration through 2024. You know how the A's are. Look what the Mets were able to do in acquiring Chris Bassett. Shane Bieber, I here's what I hesitate about with Shane Bieber. And I had thrown out a fake trade a few weeks ago that everybody yelled at because there's no fake trade people like. Either you're a schmuck, you're not giving up enough, or why would you do that, you idiot? It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. So take your pick on Shane Bieber, who made 21 starts and pitched with 380 ERA. It's not like he looked like the guy he was in 2022 or the guy he was in 2020, but I offered Jeff McNeil for Shane Bieber. By the way, would you make that trade, Pete? Straight up, McNeil for Bieber? Yeah, I'm down on McNeil. I understand that there's still hope for him to turn it around, but I I think that there's more value with Bieber being on a team than, than McNeil. Yeah, you have to replace Jeff, and that's not easy. I don't think you just assume Ronnie Mauricio's Jeff McNeil and call it a day. And then you got to hope that Shane Bieber stays healthy. And then you've got to make that same decision I talked about with Tyler Glass now. Okay, you traded for Shane Bieber. Do you want him long-term? Are you going to be willing to give him that six- or seven-year deal? How about Chris Sale? Chris Sale's an interesting one in that that's Steve Cohen using the power of the pocketbook. Chris Sale makes a crap ton of money. There's a vesting option in 2025, but there's also a buyout. He's scheduled to make $27.5 million in 2024. He finally came back. He pitched last year, pitched to a 4-3 ERA. But maybe the thought is, you know what? I'd rather pay the top dollar on this guy. It's a one-year deal. You, you could look at it, Pete, like we talk about those short-term deals. You trade for Chris Sale. I'm not giving a lot up. Like the Red Sox would basically have to tell me why I should take him. I pay off the $27.5 million on one year. It's likely that the option isn't going to vest. And it's like a one-year deal. And I hope that maybe I can capture some past glory with Chris Sale. Well, I mean, that's basically, your, yeah, your, your, I don't know if it's low risk, but it's definitely a high reward if he can become what he once was. I just don't think he has anything left in that tank. I really don't. He, he just hasn't pitched enough. I think that's part of the problem. Like, he wasn't good in 2019 when he made almost every start. Then he misses 20, barely pitches in 21, barely pitches in 22, and comes out last year and he pitches and he was average. That's more of a, the only risk is you're paying a big check. 
And I think what Cohen showed us over the last few years is on a short-term deal, he's not really afraid of it. So here are my three starters I would add, because that's all the names we've gone through. I would, uh, Yamamoto is number one. And I think we're all in on that as Met fans. Outbid the Yankees, outbid the Dodgers, outbid everybody. Go get the guy that could be the ace of this team for the next five years. Senga, Yamamoto, one-two punch. Let's go. My second addition would be the high-reward, low-risk Luis Severino one-year deal that I know you hate. Pete, right now, is just like, Evan with Severino, go marry him already. Look, I think the guy's good. What do you want me to tell you? I like him. And then the third guy, the middle guy, has to be somebody reliable. So it it really comes down to how much more Steve is going to be willing to spend Because to get Yamamoto, you're getting close to $200 million. So if you spend that, are you then willing to give Jordan Montgomery what he's going to want? Are you then willing to give Aaron Nola what he wants? I doubt it. Are you even going to give Sonny Gray what he wants? So I'm going to set the bar pretty low here and say Kyle Gibson, who I talked about earlier. 36 years old. I'll get him on a short-term deal. Uh, I can write down 33 stars. So what I get from this, and you may say, but is that good enough? Yamamoto, Severino, and Gibson. Is that good enough? Look, in a perfect world, I'd I'd pick the top three guys on the top three pitchers. I'd say Yamamoto, Sonny Gray, Jordan Montgomery, and call it a day. And that'd be amazing. But the reason why those three fit is that two of those three guys, Gibson and Severino, I'm getting on short-term deals and I keep the flexibility for the following year when Corbin Burns is a free agent, when Shane Bieber is a free agent, when a young starting pitcher we're not even thinking of becomes available via trade. And now I am ready to use my prospects to trade for them. The other huge factor in all this, and it is a huge factor, and I haven't mentioned his name until now because let's do it at the end is Shohei Otani. I believe the Mets should go after Shohei Otani. I believe they will go after Shohei Otani. And I would tell you right now, I think they got a puncher's chance to get him. I don't think they're overwhelming favorites. I'm not convinced he's necessarily going to go to the highest bidder, but I definitely give the Mets a shot. And we talked about it a lot in the Otani-Soto debate, which we've received many emails and tweets of me, people saying I'm an idiot. What are you talking about? Soto's a lot better. Whatever. That's fine. It was a good discussion. If you sign Otani, he's not pitching in 2024, but he is pitching in 2025. At least that's the plan. And my plan of a Gibson Severino is that that flexibility continues. I'm not locked in with so many more starting pitchers, especially with some of my younger arms developing. So I like the idea of adding three arms in the categories I laid out and having it be flexible. And having it be where I'm not locked into them long-term. And that's where you got to set the bar lower on who the pitcher is. Because Jordan Montgomery is getting a long-term deal. Sonny Gray is getting some kind. I don't know how long of a term it's going to be. Because we talked about earlier because of his age. But he's definitely getting multiple years. Aaron Nola is getting a long-term deal. That's where I come up with those three guys. And I would be content. I'd be okay. 
I'd say, let's go. You would then have a rotation of Yamamoto, Senga, 1-2, Gibson, Quintana as your inning eaters in the middle, and then Luis Severino as your fifth starter. Maybe he puts it all together again, stays healthy, and has a great year. And then obviously you got the young guys that we talked about, Vassal, Tidwell, Scott, Hamill, uh, Budo, Casey, break glass in case of emergency. Your three guys, because I think we're on the same page that it should be three, your three guys would be whom? All right, so Yamamoto, I think we both agree with, no doubt about it. He's got to be there. I will say this much. I think that you do need a lefty. I, I, I like Rodriguez. I know you like Montgomery, but I like Rodriguez because, again, thinking about – I think they will get Shohei Otani. I do believe that. And I think when Quintana is a free agent, I believe in 25. So he's going to be off the books. Yep. Rodriguez, Rodriguez if, you're, if you're someone that thinks that they need to have a left-handed pitcher in the rotation, Rodriguez needs to be there. So, boom, you have that covered. So we got Yamamoto, we got Rodriguez. I'd be willing to go Sonny Gray as the short-term deal because I think you can get him for a two-year deal. If not him, I'd say just freaking do, I don't know, a call of the day. But I think – I think but I, I got to be honest, dude. You 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 laugh, but I I give him five years and let him just be reliable. That's what we need. You you've locked in your rotation though. Like understand that. Like it's done now because you've got Senga long term. Even though he has an opt out, but I'm sure they'll take care of it. And it seems like Senga loves pitching here, so I think he'll be here long term. You now have Senga, Yamamoto, Otani, Eduardo Rodriguez, and Arenola. Five starters all signed long term. So. You're not in on Bieber. You're not in on Burns. Like, you're out on all those guys because you, you've got five guys locked up long-term. And hey, guess what? We don't need to trade our, our draft prospect. We don't need to trade draft uh, capital. We don't need to trade our prospect. Our, our prospects we have. We have no, I get you. We could save those you. guys for position I, players or whatever it is. You know, I'm all about that. I, I think the bar I've set is, and we'll find out, maybe it's high. I think I've set a nice low bar that they're yes. going to add starting pitching. Because if you add three starters, and let's say it's the three guys I mentioned, Kyle Gibson, Luis Severino, Yamamoto, I don't think guys are dancing in the streets as Met fans. I don't think we're World Series favorites. I don't think we're favorites to win the division. But it does fit the idea of we spent money, we're trying to win. And we're Uh, we're remaining flexible. So maybe my bar is too low, but I I think that's where they're going. They're going to add starters, but they're not just going to buy three big contracts and say, there's your rotation. But here's the thing. And I'm going to, I'm going to have to throw a little caveat in there. You're right. You're, you're adding these one-off players that are going to be not going to hound you down for the next few years, but we've seen it before. Verlander got hurt last year. Scherzer got hurt last year. DeGrom got hit, hurt two years ago. Like who knows who's going to get hurt. Shoyotani is not going to pitch next year at all for whoever he's, whatever team he's on. You're probably gonna have to make a trade at the deadline anyway if you're gonna be well, in it, like the Rangers did. Assuming we're in it, assuming we're not trading guys off again, <laughs> assuming that's it's not another sell off like we saw in 2023. We'll see, but I think we all agree on this. This is the priority, and what they do in adding starting pitching, whether it's through trade or free agency, that's gonna determine our expectations for the 2024 New York Mets. I don't think we're going to see major changes with this lineup. Now, the bullpen, which we did a podcast on, if you missed it, focusing on 
who's here, who should be here, who's available. That'll be a big deal too. But this is really what's going to set our expectations. This is going to be how we feel about what they do in the starting pitching market will be exactly how we feel going into the 2024 season. We do appreciate you listening. Any thoughts, comments, disagreements, feedback, thericob at gmail.com. As we enter a full week of MLB offseason and free agency beginning on Monday, just remember, we will as fast as we can, because we do have jobs and families, we will try to pop out instant reactions to whatever breaking news occurs. I think the first piece of breaking news we'll be reacting to is a Craig Council decision, whether it's the decision to join the New York Mets or it's the decision to go back to Milwaukee, and then we all have to pivot. That, that I think, is the first instant reaction. We talked a little bit about the council kind of rumors on Evan and Tiki, if you missed it, uh, on Friday's edition, why I don't care that he wants the most money, and that'd be why he chooses the New York Mets. Tiki fought back on me on this. He was actually very passionate with a lot of you Mets fans that if he wants the money, I don't want him anymore. And I don't fully understand that because with free agents, we're okay with it. But with managers, we draw the line. So you can go back and listen to Friday's Evan and Tiki if you want more on that. But we do appreciate you listening and downloading. The Rico Bronia, thank you very much. We'll be here a lot during this offseason. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. 